Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Mortal Kombat and Injustice series, NetherRealm Studios has always been a titan in the gaming industry. But the studio's future has intersected with the strategic shifts of Warner Brothers Discovery. Recent moves by WBD, like canceling films for tax write-offs, along with fan backlash against titles like Mortal Kombat and Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League, we once again examine what is really going on with Warner Brothers' decisions in the gaming sphere. Welcome to another bite-sized episode of the Realmcast. I'm your host, the Mortal Kombat Phantom. And I'm Yanni. Today, we're going to be looking at how Warner Bros. Discovery has handled some of its other mediums and see if we can get a better idea on what they may have in store for WB Games and, of course, Mortal Kombat. Before we get too far into this episode, don't forget, I have G Fuel. I have a lot of G Fuel. I want to give it to you guys. So be sure to stick around to the end of the credits where you will find out how you can win some G Fuel. And if you're one of our previous winners, please do reach out to us because we want to give it to you. Otherwise, we're just going to cycle it back through before it expires because we want to make sure it gets out to the next person or somebody who wants it. But uh, stick around and we'll tell you how to win G Fuel as well as this nice Dancing Dragon box set. And just so you know, even if you don't reach out, he gives it to the next person. He won't give it to me, even though I've asked. So make sure you reach out. Oh, I, I have so many people just asking me for G Fuel and I'm like, I'm trying to give it <laughs> to the fan. <laughs> you guys deserve it. It's for you. <laughs> it's not for Yanni. <laughs> it's not fair. So before we continue, it's worth understanding a little bit of Midway's history. Back in February 12th of 2009, Midway Games filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Warner Brothers took this opportunity on July 10th of 2009 with a $49 million acquisition. So they rebranded the Mortal Kombat team as WB Games Chicago in July of 2009. And then they established NetherRealm Studios from that in 2010. If you'd like to know more about the details there, we have a lot of bite-sized episodes that kind of go into that, but it's worth noting that some of these subsidiaries of WB Games are NetherRealm Studios, like I mentioned, and also Rocksteady Studios. The Arkham games. Oh, I, I see. I didn't even know that. I don't play really anything else besides Mortal Kombat, so. <laughs> I mean, if you've played Arkham Knight, Arkham City, uh, Arkham Asylum, you know, those those are all by Rocksteady Games. They're the ones that created uh, Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. It does not make sense because it is nowhere near the same quality <laughs> and polish as uh, as the Arkham games. Uh, kill the Justice League, by the way. Not killed, kill. But they, I mean, it's a group of people and they're... It, it, like, that doesn't make sense. Suicide Squad kills because it's a group. Kill the Justice League is the objective. Okay, well, you're the English major, not me. <laughs> <laughs> English major? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
recently there has been a lot of negative fan backlash and we've talked about the Mortal Kombat one aspect of that but do you know a little bit more about what's going on with the Suicide Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League game? The first mistake they made was games as a service. G-A-A-S of course. Live service game. The like the coffin for a game before it even releases them these days at least especially by AAA studios. They'll they'll announce a game it'll sound extremely interesting get a really cool trailer and then oh hey it's a live service model and we all know what that means extremely heavy monetization extremely uh, limited gameplay no single player mode etc and that was the first inklings people had of hey this game is not going to be that great now i know that there are a few people who played it very much enjoyed it personally as much as I'm all for, you know, it being a subjective thing, I believe that you have very bad taste if you really enjoyed it. If you want a good looter shooter, play Warframe. You want a good looter shooter, play Borderlands, anything like that. I'm sorry, but this... No. Uh, like, it was so bad that the game had to be delayed from for an entire year, I believe. And I actually believe that that's the reason we got Mortal Kombat early. We usually get an April release date. I think that they had to get some big IP out before the end of the year and lo and behold Mortal Kombat was released in was October I believe September October Uh, but that is not normal so I think that that was a decision made purely because of the extremely bad backlash that Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League got from even you know media like journalists uh, I mean I think it was IGN who posted an extremely bad score of it at the time when they were testing. I know that a bunch of content creators were like, this is crap. And so they took all this time and didn't exactly do much now, did it? No, and you know, it's funny you kind of mentioned the the way that the media has handled this game because there was actually recently an article on Mixdown.com. It's called Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League Dips Below 1,000 Players on Steam. And we've talked a little bit about Mortal Kombat doing something similar but there's this one quote that I just, I got to mention. Uh, he says in the article that because of the GAAS, a, a monetization plan that depends on player engagement for several months, if not years, in order to maximize profit. It's making the game look more and more bleak as the days wane on and the peak player count falls lower and lower. So, you know, we've talked in our previous Bite Size episodes about the fact that Warner Brothers Discovery is moving towards these uh games as a service type games but when you got games like this that the player counts is dropping that's not maximizing profits and that's going to kind of lead the rest of this discussion actually and it's not exactly giving a good long-term impression either it relates back to our discussion on our previous episode yeah exactly mortal kombat 1 as we mentioned there's a lot of backlash at the moment for it Things that could be fixed and could make the game very enjoyable in the future, but if Mortal Kombat 1 was released early in order to make up for Suicide Squad's delays, like that tarnishes Mortal Kombat's brand even worse, and it, it makes you wonder what Warner Brothers is doing. That relates back to what I think I also said on our previous episode about it being short-term profit. That's that's really what it comes down to. It's 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 pretty much just get as much as we can out there now. We need to have a hit this year. We, we've got Hogwarts Legacy, we've got Mortal Kombat, we need to get those out, and then we need to just move on to the next one instead of properly supporting it. Hogwarts Legacy released and was, was you know, loved by Harry Potter fans, for which there are many around the globe for good reason, but 
it was not exactly completely finished. It, it teased DLC, which it never got, which is now becoming an entirely new game because, hey, we have to make more money. Mortal Kombat as well. Mortal Kombat is a great game. I enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed the gameplay. I enjoyed the story until, you know, last chapter or so. But great gameplay, great roster. Then the monetization comes in and the invasions come in. Then the Warrior Shrine comes in, Combat League, etc. And you have all these things which are one, unfinished, and two, monetization heavy focus. And that is what's ruining these games and really not leaving a good impression. This is exactly what is making people stop buying AAA games and move over to indie games, which are infinitely more enjoyable, worth your time, worth your money. Yeah, the same Mixdown article author of it, uh, Derek Lamore, he goes on to say, regardless of how you personally feel about Rocksteady's latest endeavor in the DC comic universe, you can't deny when a player base doesn't want a game to succeed they will go out their way to make sure it underperforms, as is evident by Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League's insanely low player count as seen on Steam charts. And it makes you kind of wonder is if that's the same thing that is happening to Mortal Kombat. Uh, people are upset about $10 fatalities. People are upset about the fact that there's no crossplay yet and we're, what, four or five months into the game? And there's all these features that still aren't there. So the fan base is turning away from it. And I, I don't know if it's because they like Mortal Kombat fans don't want the game to fail. It's just not happening. It's not hitting home run that well, that's, the, that's the, the part that I wanted to want. focus on, on that quote about if the fans want it to fail, they will make it fail. I think that that's a bit disingenuous to actually looking at the reason that fans want it to fail, quote unquote. Because mm -hmm. it's not about fans wanting it to fail. It's more about the studio hasn't handled it properly. And as a result, people don't, don't enjoy it. And as a result, it should not see that success. Do you know what I mean? It's it's oh yeah it's brought on by the studio itself or the studio, the company behind it, etc. Whoever you want right. to throw the blame on. I know a lot of people are saying it's not NRS's fault. It's Warner Bros.'s fault. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's more so in one in one favor, one's favor, but then more, a little bit in the other. In the end, what it comes down to is the game is unfinished. That's that's what we care about. You know, I care about, one, the game being a good game, and I suppose more importantly, that the employees are being treated properly and that they are able to make the game that they want to with good working conditions and such. But in this case, we have received a game, what seems to be ahead of time. Obviously, there must have been some crunch period there and everything to, to get this thing out in what I believe to be early and it's not finished. We still have literally zero communication as to what the Warrior Shrine is. We have a bunch of skins in the story mode, which are still not available. We have invasions mode full of bugs. We have the gameplay extremely unbalanced, which I suppose is, to be fair, like a, a the norm with most fighting games. Really, you'll always have that one or two characters who are like definitely the meta and then are very unbalanced for quite a while. But the game is quite buggy. We're, we're constantly finding new things that it should have. The game is not finished. And that's such a shame. I mean, even go back to the story mode. It's obviously an oversight, but it should not have passed QA. It, where Sindel had a quote, which the subtitles were like basically some some code. You know what I mean? It's how do you how do you miss that? I think this is a good point to talk about how Warner Brothers Discovery has been managing things since the merger. 
we talked about this on our last bite size episode how Warner Brothers Discovery has been going through and canceling various uh movies and you know my favorite quote from David Zasloff talking about himself <laughs> is that he says it took real courage for Warner Brothers Discovery to cancel completed movies like Batgirl and Coyote versus Acme I mean that's the CEO of Warner Brothers courage saying yeah and, and this is quoted for a tax fraud hey we're gonna make money by canceling this exactly <laughs> those aren't the only movies that he's canceled either there's also Scoob Holiday Haunt the Coyote versus Acme Batgirl and then we talked about other things like uh, Westworld um, Raised mm -hmm. by Wolves like they've been just canceling stuff all over the place and in the case of Coyote versus Acme and Batgirl these were completed things that they didn't want to release and instead they've just written them off in their taxes as a loss. Would they have made more money releasing this than they would have with their tax write-offs? That's the big question. DC IP right now in terms of the cinematic universe has not been performing the way they would have expected it to be. And that's as a result of really bad planning, bad I don't know, a bad, bad cohesion within the teams behind everything. And also just sort of ignorance of what the, the fans want. You know, you can say, oh, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. But really, you're just doing a checklist and you're not thinking, hey, what do the fans actually want? And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm going to bring an example here. Mortal Kombat Legends. We've had Jeremy Adams on here multiple times. Great guy. Very passionate about what he does very passionate to the point where when we're talking you know we're, we're able to throw out random lore tidbits from mythologies and he's aware of them when he's writing legends he's getting in those little tidbits as well he's making sure that there are there there's there's great little hooks there's things which old school fans will love and things to draw in new fans as well that's that passion that i want to see and you don't see that when it comes to even just dc for example, with the cinematic universe. Right now, as of now, I've still not seen the latest Aquaman. I don't intend to for the foreseeable future. I, I, and I like Aquaman a lot. <laughs> you know, that, that says it all, really. Is it Aquaman that you like or is it Amber Heard? <laughs> I mean, I've always liked Aquaman. I'm not exactly much of a fan of Amber Heard. I do like Mera. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> so... I, I, I guess it's probably a good idea to explain what happens when he does these tax write-offs. Uh, so basically, if he completely cancels a film project, he can write off all the expenses associated to that project as a loss on his taxes. And that helps alleviate some of the tax debt. Because if they were to actually release these movies, then they're going to have to pay things like advertisement fees. Uh, they're going to have to pay to get it out in theaters. And the losses from these movies as we've kind of been seeing a lot from some of the comic book movies could be so great that it's just cheaper to throw it away and get the tax write off because they, they, they don't want to put any more money into these, these products. So there's actually a U.S. congressman that wants to investigate Wonder Brothers Discovery because they've been doing this whole movie shelving in order to reduce their taxes. Texas Democratic Congressman and he went on a tweeting spree lately, and he said that the tactic that Warner Brothers has of making these films for tax breaks is basically predatory and anti-competitive. And he also says in his tweet, as the Justice Department and FTC revise their antitrust guidelines, 
they should review this type of conduct. And that's a good point. Yeah, this was actually addressed by Brian Welk of IndieWire, uh, saying Zaslav first addressed the notion of taking tax write-downs, calling it a misnomer that they get a benefit or money back from permanently shelving a film. And in the article, there's a quote from David Zaslav, which says, we've spent the $100 million, and if we don't release it, it's gone. We don't have any real benefit from it. Yeah, exactly. It's been clear that he is doing it for these tax benefits, but just because you're getting a tax benefit for a failed project, I don't know. It's kind of like this weird gray area, and we're not really sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing because we're never going to see these movies. But all of this comes into... What? What are you laughing at? I'm just, we're, just, we're never going to see these movies. On one hand, it's like, do you even want to? But on the other hand, <laughs> you know, and I, I think it's not our place to say whether or not this is their intention. But I do believe that it is a fair thing for to be investigated for. It might be a false accusation, of course, uh, but how it looks on the surface and the fact that a congressman is looking into it in this manner kind of is, is quite important. This demonstrates how WBD has been handling their projects. Um, this whole concept of, well, if it doesn't do well enough, then we're just going to stop making it. How does that tie into the video game industry and with what is happening with games like Justice League Kill the Suicide Squad and Mortal Kombat 1? Justice League Kill the Suicide Squad. You better keep that in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, but different. It's, it's you know. <laughs> I mean, I haven't played the game. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> I, I like the the Arkham games, but I had I didn't even realize this was the same company. <laughs> yeah, I mean that 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 is actually concerning though, and that's something that has been addressed. You know, it, you know, it's sort of relating back to the earlier topic, but it's not at the same quality. People were releasing even just graphical comparisons of how Harley Quinn looked in the previous series, which is apparently in the same universe as this one. Uh, which many fans are refusing to acknowledge. <laughs> well, and also, you know, the Arkham games came out many years before now. You would think that the technology, the studio <laughs> would have have it down by now to make Harley Quinn as best as possible. I've I seen some of the screenshots and they just, they don't have the right shading yeah. and like and the lighting's horrible. It could be a stylistic choice, but you literally have yeah. all the assets. And if it's the same universe, you might as well have continued in the same art style, right? With the same assets. Yeah. Would it make sense for David Zasloff to deliberately tank the current gaming industry in order to kind of sell off these studios and possibly turn around and release their IPs to the public so that they can make better games at a lower cost? Everything is focused on spending as little money to make as much money as possible in the short term, right? And... Mm -hmm. I could see that being an argument. I really could. If you tank the IP, yes, it becomes cheaper, so it becomes technically more attractive to somebody who's looking to purchase it. But on the other hand, by doing so, you also make it more unattractive to somebody who is interested because it's associated with a bad reputation at this point. And that, that's a bit weird to me because I feel like it's unfair to the IP, especially if it's not in the control of, let's just say, the creator's let's even talk Mortal Kombat here, NRS. If you tank the Mortal Kombat IP so that you can sell it off for cheap, you're harming the reputation of Mortal Kombat and with it, NetherRealm Studios. Just, you know, assuming that this is Warner Bros. doing. And then Mortal Kombat has that bad reputation, but Warner Bros. doesn't? 
you know it's like okay yeah i'm gonna buy this from you and they're gonna they're gonna make some money off of selling the ip and then mortal kombat now has a bad reputation with another studio or rather with another owner so who is really getting the short end here and is that a symptom of just the industry itself is there a way to get around this is there a way to say hey yes mortal kombat's ip has been tanked you know in this assumption in this uh, scenario warner bros should also have lost their reputation along with mortal kombat which they have chosen to tank or let's let's go to the example of suicide squad instead if suicide squad and now for example rocksteady's reputation are harmed that badly and dc's in my opinion really has tanked very very heavily with since the entire cinematic universe has come about sadly why aren't warner bros also reaping what they sell so uh, th that's the thing is they don't actually have to sell off the ips they could keep the ips and lend them out to other studios in order to make money and instead shut down their gaming divisions or gaming studios but honestly i don't think that would be the course of action that they take because it, they, they've stated in their recent quarter three earnings report that they're going all in on their gaming stuff doing all these microtransaction type things to it making it more valuable for their future earnings and stuff like that at least that's what their plan is but one thing that they bragged about is that every game that Warner Brothers is making right now is all in-house in so Netherrealm Studios for example that's a subsidiary of WBIE WB Games and that means that Netherrealm Studios is a Warner Brothers studio um, no matter how you look at it same with Rocksteady. These are Warner Brothers Studios. So if they damage their IP, they damage their studios, and it's just kind of shooting themselves in the foot to to then turn around and start loaning these IPs out because they, like you said, they've already damaged it. They're, they're not going to be as successful in the long run. A better strategy is to make the best games possible and release it and keep fans but engaged. That costs money to do. Yeah, rather exactly. Than costing less to make more. Yeah. Short term. Yeah. That's what I've been saying for the past how many episodes we've been doing. It's all short term profit. There is no long term reputation that they care about. It's all short term project. It's the people involved, the people who stand to gain from this realize, in my opinion, that their time in charge is limited so for that moment in time make as much money as possible it's all short-term profit you say that but we as we talked about in our last bias episode david zasloff himself has been cashing in some of his own personal stock in order to take care of the the taxes that are due to Warner brothers <laughs> what what is what are you thinking about that like this isn't company stocks this is his stocks and so you would think if he wanted to make it more profitable, he would liquidate assets rather than keeping the money for himself. I mean, think of it this way. If you had stocks in something, would you be doing what he's doing if it's, if you did not stand to gain from it? Oh, so you think he's doing a, a, Honestly. a stock dump? I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying there is no way that somebody is going to just throw away money. There is obviously yeah. some benefit to him here, right? And unless you are the stupidest person alive or you know <laughs> they're, they're, i'm sorry but no there is obviously a benefit here I'm, I'm that's literally burning money if it's going to have a negative uh effect you know that there yeah, must that, be some benefit here that's a good point it's a possibility that he is selling off his own stocks because he knows that the stock isn't going to do that good in the future so not why not use or it he now sounds to gain somehow, somehow else 
Yeah, yeah. And that's a good point. Um, I don't know, but I, I, I still don't think they're going to switch away from their in-house development. Um, NetherRealm Studios, yeah. for example, it, it's been tied to Mortal Kombat since the 90s. We've seen it evolve, as we mentioned earlier, from Midway to WB Games Chicago to NetherRealm. We've seen it change, but I don't think that it's ever going to not be associated to Mortal Kombat. There's a chance they might loan out their IP to other companies to develop it, kind of like they did with some of their various ports. They didn't have NetherRealm port everything over to PC for uh, Mortal Kombat X or 11. So they could keep using other companies to kind of be back up. But I think they're pretty set in having these studios. I mean, they just opened up uh, WB San Francisco and John Tobias is working out there. So the studios are there for a reason and they still seem to be building up these studios as much as possible. So yeah, I don't think they're going to be terminating these as they've been doing with their various movies. No, I think there's two points on this actually. One, you have the fact that it's being in-house, being part of their strategy as we as we addressed already in our previous video on that report that you've mentioned, right? That is part of their strategy. And that is a strategy because it enables them to keep costs low. Now, obviously, if they can find a company to come in that they can loan the, the uh, I, I say loan, that they can hand over the IP to to make some games on it. Let's just say Mortal Kombat. We get another company who is experienced with making RPGs comes in to make Shaolin Monks Remastered or something along those lines. That would make yeah. sense, right? And they could potentially have somebody who they would be paying less to than their own in-house studio. But if it's their own in-house studio, they stand to benefit more. And that is clearly their strategy. Now, the other thing here is, yes, it's possible that they could choose to sell Mortal Kombat's IP somebody or even, you know, I don't know what the agreement is like, but maybe even get rid of NetherRealm Studios and have somebody else handle it instead. I doubt that, but just, you know, for the sake of uh, theory. Could you really see Mortal Kombat without Ed Boon at this point in time? At this point in time, no, but I would kind of be curious to see what it would be like. No offense, Ed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we haven't agreed with every decision that has been made since Ed Boon became the lead creative director of Mortal Kombat. Um, sure. But uh, is that in his fault or is that WB? I don't know. You know or both. Yeah, exactly. The, who knows what Mortal Kombat could look like in other hands. We briefly touched on that in the past as we've talked about some of the, the rumors were going out that NetherRealm or Warner Brothers was looking at getting rid of some of their gaming divisions. We kind of explored that a little bit more in some of our past bite-sized episodes. And is it really in better hands if somebody like EA or Microsoft picks up Mortal God, Kombat? No. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but, Microsoft please. has... It could You could make a, an argument for it you, with Microsoft. You could make an argument. Some... Mm -hmm. Good examples, some bad examples. EA, please, no, stay far, 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 far away. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> uh, my, my question about Ed Boon, could you really see Mortal Kombat without Ed Boon, is more about the fact that he is still the face of Mortal Kombat in terms of, you know, in real life people, <laughs> rather than Scorpion yeah. and Sub-Zero as the faces, right? So, I don't know. For the moment, I think that Warner Bros. getting rid of Ed or NetherRealm Studios would be shooting themselves in the foot. If they've been shooting themselves in the foot with a pistol right now, it would be a bazooka, you know? <laughs> that, I don't think that's the right decision. I could be completely wrong. I don't see much uh, in the way of long-term strategy from the company. I really don't. They're they're paid to do it. They're there. I'm not. I don't 
think I want to be personally. <laughs> but uh, my, the, the point here is that I still do think the people in charge are focusing on short-term profit. I don't see them them getting rid of their cheapest option to continue making games. I think it'll continue to be in-house. I don't see Mortal Kombat getting sold off. You never know. But yeah, that's my take on it. That comment to you about how it is short-term profit if you look at the media hype over the recent Mortal Kombat 11, Mortal Kombat 1, it's always been about how well and how profitable it's been on time of release. Yes. That's, yeah, that's a big point. Read the undertones there. <laughs> that is short-term profitability and continued support might not be the strategy for what Warner Brothers Discovery is doing with the game. I truly hope you're wrong there. I, I really do. Because I know that Mortal Kombat has a very bad rep right now. And I think it's very unfair, not of the fans, but of the company and how it's handled it. Mortal Kombat 1 has so much potential. I still remember and stand by my positive comments on the game from when it released. The game's gameplay, the game's roster, the game's story. It really has so much going for it. And it just needs to be fleshed out further that's it and that communication is necessary ed boone mentioned keep that communication coming we want to keep make this the best game what if you know it's just them sort of lowering expectations you know everybody's so negative about the game right now it's all negative and then suddenly it's just going to get this huge update which will change the game entirely and suddenly everybody is saying oh you know it's it's so much better than we than than it was before and look at mk11 mk11 released I'm sorry, but it was crap in comparison to what we have now. And now MK11 has looked at and everybody's like, hey, look, this is a good standard for certain things of the game. So there is a good chance that Mortal Kombat will get fixed, but that needs to happen so that long-term image of Mortal Kombat is not affected in the way that it currently is now. It's, it's currently the laughingstock of the fighting games that we do have in the community. And that is truly a shame considering it could arguably become the best Mortal Kombat game, at least of this era. And in terms of that short-term profit, yes, Mortal Kombat 1 is apparently one of the highest selling games in the world, although based on our observations on that chart that we looked at, I would say that's in the US, not worldwide, although it could be worldwide as well. But it's all short-term. Mortal Kombat 1 sold that many, but then you look at Elden Ring, and Elden Ring is on the top selling games as well, and that was released the year prior. See, if you make a good quality, extremely polished game, taking your time, doing it properly, you will have those long-term sales. It's not, it doesn't just have to be about short-term profit, short-term sales. You can actually take your time, put out a good product, and if you've done it properly, people will keep coming back. People will keep buying it. It will be one of those gems, and that's what you want in a product. That's what you want in your IP. If you want to have a good reputation, you need to attach positive reputation to it that's a great point and as we've talked about during this episode and our past bite-sized episode mortal kombat is all currently in-house which means that the developers that you speak to and reach out to on twitter those are the developers that are employed by Warner brothers that are making this game so your opinion really does matter everything that you're saying everything that you're asking for there is somebody out there listening and it is important to keep your opinion going out there because we still have a Mortal Kombat community and it also matters to us. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts. Do you think that WBD is 
in a position where they would risk losing their studios or their IPs? Or do you think that the way that they're handling the movie business is completely separate than what they're doing with their gaming divisions? Let us know in the comments. Do you think it's just money or do you think that there's something else going on here? Yeah, please do let us know in the comments. I've been noticing on our past uh, few episodes that there's a, a bunch of comments you're all discussing and well, of course, arguing as well. And <laughs> I mean, we, we love to see those discussions. You know, you actually do help fuel the topics that we choose for future episodes. So please do keep that up. We really do enjoy it, even if we don't reply to every single one of you. And of course, if you have enjoyed our Bite Size episodes, be sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already. We do have other content, of course, as well. Guest interviews, live soul streams and such, which we do hope to get a few more out very, very soon for you. So make sure to subscribe uh, to keep up to date with any notifications of any of our uploads. And until next time, remember, every warrior does have a story and every saga a lesson. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Thanks for sticking around. As I mentioned, we have a lot of G Fuel. We want to give this to you guys. This is just to show our appreciation to all of our fans for subscribing to the Realmcast. So if you're interested in winning any G Fuel between now and our next Soul Stream, leave a comment in any of our videos and we'll take all of the comments, anybody who entered the giveaway, and we will be doing a drawing. You don't have to say, I want G Fuel or anything like that. All you got to do is leave a comment. Tell us what you think about the episode. Is that simple. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we do have this collector's edition dancing dragon pack from G Fuel. I'm going to open it up just so you guys can see. It comes with this Mortal Kombat 1 Liu Kang shaker bottle, which is actually made out of aluminum. It keeps your drink cold. You can take this to the gym, it has a built in little shaker thing. So it'll shake your powders together. You can even like sit at your desk like I do, mix up your drink and sip on it while you're watching the show. And it also comes with the dancing dragon. Liu Kang G Fuel. This particular flavor is dragon fruit mango. Really good, especially if you like more of the fruity G Fuel flavors. So we have that in the collector's box. All you got to do to enter to win this is be a subscriber. Just subscribe to the Roamcast. We're going to be going through our subscribers and giving away this G Fuel during our soul stream, which if you're not familiar with that, that is our live show where we go through with our guests and interact with you guys. So just subscribe and we will announce the winner. And then just reach out to us after you've won and we'll give it to you. If you have won any of our giveaways in the past, please do reach out to us because we're just going to keep giving this up away until it's gone. And if you don't claim it, we'll probably just pass it on to the next person. So if you want some G Fuel, you want some Dancing Dragon collector's box set, 
let us know because we want to give this to you guys. We appreciate every single one of our fans for subscribing, for interacting with us. We like to hear what you guys think. So leave a comment on the video itself. Tell us what you think about it and win some G Fuel. I mentioned before we got four different flavors that we're going to be giving away. We have the Dancing Dragon. We have the Sub-Zero Eye Shatter. We got the Scorpion Sting Spicy Mango. And we got the Radiant Electric Stripe. These are all the Mortal Kombat Classic 30 edition canisters, except the Liu Kang, which is the Mortal Kombat 1 brand new flavor, Dancing Dragon. If you guys haven't tried G Fuel, this is a great opportunity to do it. It's all sugar-free, and it's been known to give gamers a little bit of an edge with increased energy, focus, endurance, and reaction speed. So it's yours. All you got to do is leave a comment and claim it. For every comment received on our YouTube channel and for every subscriber that we have, we're going to be going through and giving you a chance to win. We'll announce all the winners on our next soul stream. And like I've said, we want to give this to you guys because we want to say thank you for tuning into everything that we do here with Mortal Kombat Online. So leave a comment and subscribe and you get a chance to win some of this cool stuff that we have. So come get some G Fuel. We'll send it your way. And again, thank you guys so much for subscribing to the Roncast. We do the show for you because we love Mortal Kombat and we want to share that with all of you.